This is the Memphis Real Estate Hour on KWAM. And now, here's your host, Dean Harris. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Memphis Real Estate Hour. I am your host, Dean Harris. I'm with Crest Core Realty over on Summer Avenue. So appreciate you guys tuning in this morning on uh, AM 990 Memphis, FM 107.9 here in Memphis. Or you could be streaming the show at KWAM990.com. The Memphis Real Estate Hour will concentrate on investing in Memphis real estate. Uh, We will also focus a little bit on our residential real estate market. Uh, We'll have local and national vendor partners of ours on the show from time to time sharing knowledge with you on how to become an investor in Memphis or how to become a better investor. Uh, Remind you guys that every single show... Uh, that I'm also an investor, I will uh, take that old home that you've got or that you inherited or that you don't need or don't want or is uh, too too bad a condition for you to do anything with it. We'll get you a cash offer on that home today. Shoot me an email, dean at crestcore.com. Um, Facebook Live. Guys, we're on Facebook Live uh, as we are every week that we do the show. So, uh, go to the show's Facebook page, The Memphis Real Estate Hour. You can tune in today live and watch us, or you can download or look at some of the old past shows that are on uh, the Facebook page. I think there's 45 or 50 shows now um, that are on the show's Facebook page. You can go back and listen. They're all titled, so we've got uh, several, several really good topics on there. Um, today, we will be talking about Top Mistakes by Do-It-Yourself Landlords. I've got Dan Butler in the studio with me. Dan, welcome to the show. Good morning. Um, of course, we're a, we're a huge um, advocate and proponent for uh, professional management. Right. We, we, we obviously work and manage, you know, 24, thousands 25 thousands yeah. of houses here in Memphis. So we obviously are for professional management. Um, a lot of people, not a lot, a lot of new investors, I should say, uh, will, will come down and they'll, they'll want to buy a home and they'll think 10% for the rent I've got to manage. And they want, they think they're saving themselves by doing it themselves. Before we dive into this list, yeah. no. w- give me your general kind of thought and, and conversation when it comes to professional management versus do-it-yourself, and then we're going to dive into, I guess, 30 or so here mistakes that do-it-yourself landlords. Well, it's funny, just putting this list together, it was like bringing back a lot of memories, you know, because I was the do-it-yourself landlord for forever. For, for forever. And so all these mistakes that we're going to talk about today, or potential mistakes, not really just mistakes, but... I've actually made pretty much every one of these mistakes that we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the point of, you know, do it yourself landlord, at least try to figure out how to button up your system. A lot of people buy a house or two or three and want to be a do it yourself. And that's great. But man, try to figure out all the things you need to button up before you get started. Cause quite frankly, most of us just jump in and start working it, and then you realize, oh, oh, oh boy, I'm not supposed to do that. Oh, you don't do that. Oh, wow, I should change my system. Oh, that tenant just took one, got one over on me because of X, Y, and Z, which we'll get into. But yeah, so that's maybe uh, today's show will help you fast forward past some of that. That's right. So whether you're going to use professional or not, at least you know this show would be good for 
you know, getting a step ahead, not starting at ground zero, maybe start on the fifth floor instead of the, the first floor. Yeah. So I've always, I've always thought before we even talk about the actual mistakes, I've always just thought leveraging my time and, True. and, and using my time elsewhere versus managing the home was worth, you know, an 800 rental, $80 a month. I just, you know, I, and, and I hadn't really thought about that to just asked or said that just the fact that all this stuff that we put in place systems, is part of what you're paying for, really. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And I you just know? couldn't. I mean, if you're if you have a full time job and you're going to be an investor and you want to manage, I mean, it's like one of those has got to go. Yeah. You know, your, your full time job obviously can't. And if being an investor goes, well, then it doesn't matter who you manage. So to me, leveraging my time was the was the biggest thing. Let's talk about number one here. I don't know if we want to go to thirty to one or just start with one, but no, start with one. List. Yeah, not using vendors. By the way, well, I've Got to catch up on the deal of the week. I got a deal for you that uh, will Ooh. play into these. Ooh, Dan's coming in strong. Today. It's actually a story. So, uh, is it an actual house deal? Well, hot house, lot, half a house, however you want to. <laughs> oh boy! So that'll be fun oh one. All right, bring we'll up. do this. So remind me to <laughs> half a house. I can't wait to hear this. We'll do yeah. the investments of the week. I got two good yep. ones, and clearly Dan's got a. I got a, a doozy. Got a doozy for us here at yep. the bottom of the hour. But a all right, deal for you. Yeah, for me specifically. <laughs> That's Thanks. right. Uh, top mistakes by do-it-yourself yep. landlords. Number one, not using vendors with insurance. Yep, yep. This I, is huge. This is yeah. big. This is. One of the ones that I really, looking back, I exposed myself to a ton of mm-hmm. issues by not having. I, you got a quick example. We just jo- joked, you know, chucking a truck. Yeah. You know, have you ever heard that? You know, that kind of phrase. You know, guy that's just driving around and he can. He's a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there was a ton of guys that I used that. You know, he, as soon as you started using the licensed bond insured guys, oh wow. They hooked up the AC unit with uh, the wrong gauge wire that was undersized <laughs> for the amperage, you know. And so if that had a fire, that's that's all on me. You know, yeah. if it killed somebody, that's, that's all, all on me. If it, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the liability would just point right back to me versus using somebody that's licensed bond insured. You go back to the source of who's the last one that worked on it, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. Or even with somebody working on your house and they fall, break their leg whatever you, you know, don't want like, them putting that on you they don't want that on you so my first thing was about to say well what if you're just getting got to paint your house or something you know well painters is a high painters and roofers are your two high i bet this is i mean this is not in our list but those are the two top workers comp percentage cost of all the trades because they're on a roof they're on, a, they're on, they're on a ladder. the ladder on ladders on ladders so think about that if a guy doing your floor yeah not a big deal you know, a guy that's uh, doing some carpentry and cutting some wood around your, you know, doors and all that stuff. He's not really on ladders that much, you know. So, but your roofers and electricians, I mean, uh, roofers painters, and painters. You know, who's going to paint that gable and who's going to paint that? The, <laughs> you know, where the guys just change the wood for your roof. You know, that, that's all right. that's got to be painted. So that's right. Huge, huge deal with liability. All right. So number one was not using vendors with insurance, the liability part of it. Number two, not having a vendor agreement. Explain what that means. So most people just go out and just, hey, go do my house. You know, give me a scope of work, go do my house. And there's no sort of agreement. So, you know, one thing that we've really pushed hard for is just vendor agreements that say, you know, we commit to timelines, we commit to payment schedules, we commit to what a punch list and how long you have to get that punch list done. Otherwise the job's going to go on forever. The quality of work, you don't agree on how you're going to, you know, mm-hmm. complete that scope of work. So 
the agreement includes give me your workers comp give me your you know put me on your liability insurance so that i'm additionally insured you know like just little stuff like that that take the extra step take the extra step yeah 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 um not having a vendor agreement what how do you hold them accountable terms to look for these are all things that you need to um figure out in your vendor agreement before you have these folks work on your property number three paying vendors before the job is complete i Here's one that I see all the time. Oh, all the time. Um, you know, a vendor will get his full full payment, and the job will be about 90% completed. And you and I both know it's almost impossible to go back and get uh, that remaining 10%. Or get, I mean, I'm sorry, get the remaining 10% of that work yep. done. Yep. I think CrushCore does a good job. And, uh, you know, I'm a little biased, of course. But I think we do a great job with... Asking our clients to pay 60% up front mm-hmm. and then don't pay us anything else till the job is completed. Correct. So we don't, we don't have three schedules. We just have that's right. Three or four. We have one, one in the, the last one. So not having to go back and forth with. And we do the same thing with our subs. You do you really? So yeah. you pass it on down. We pass it on down. We'll pay them a little bit up front to get their materials. And then they're very incentivized to get us in there, get that punch list, and get us in there to, to, to finalize that finalize a punch list so they can get their you know their paycheck so mm-hmm. um that's that's huge i mean we used to i mean there's a guy that does my landscape and has been doing it for years i know if i pay him all his money it's gonna be tough to it's get gonna him. be tough i'll get him back because he wants more work but he's going to the next job that's going to give him another thousand dollars or five hundred dollars or whatever and i understand the hustle and i understand yeah. them moving quickly but at the same time i mean it, you've got to finish up what you start i mean you yeah. know you can't uh, you, you can't leave something incomplete and you can't leave it to, you know, most people, a lot of people that, you know, me personally, I would always want to go back to finish that job. I'd never want to leave some unfinished, but yeah, there's a ton of people out there that, that are not they don't like have that, that, that same <laughs> no. mentality. No, I'm uh, talking with Dan Butler with Crestcore Realty. We're talking about do it yourself mistakes or top mistakes that do it yourself landlords make, uh, not using vendors uh, with insurance, not having a vendor agreement. Paying vendors before the job is complete. We talk about you need to get on a scale there. Number mm-hmm. four, not doing a good rent ready. This is like we can spend a couple of minutes on this yeah. if you want, but Absolutely. not doing a good rent ready is um, something that we see in the industry uh, from time to time, no matter you know, no matter if we've made a mistake or no matter if there's another uh, you know company that um, worked for this client and they're now coming to us to clean it up or whatever it mm-hmm. may be. But talk about some of the things real quick about, you know, of course we don't want to cut corners, but what are some of the other things with it? When you talk about not, you know, doing a good rent ready, what we, are some of the things that you see? Just making it safe, you know, habitable, clean, you know, and safe to me is again, safeguarding fire extinguishers, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, you know, had issues in the past where tenants claim that a furnace started, you know, the fire or just the carbon monoxide mm-hmm. and gets them sick. Well, you put a carbon monoxide detector right there and, you know, we do biannual and annual inspections to make sure the batteries are changed and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, more than that, I think it's just, you know, do a good paint job. You know, there's some apartments I looked at last week on Poplar um, mm-hmm. down in the medical district, and I was just like, man, this guy just slapped lipstick on a pig. You know what I mean? And he wants to – and the guy buying it is like, hey, can we get the rents from 500 to 600 I'm like – Not doing it this not way. Not doing it this way. I mean, like, you know, he's about to buy it and spend a premium on the product, and the rent ready was just, was just terrible. I mean, and then just, you know, thinking long term. I mean, you know, 
carpet. You know, um, I had lunch with the guys from you know America's Best Carpet Tile mm-hmm. using hard surfaces. You know, that just, to me is the kicker. I mean, people are so rough on carpet. Yeah, and it's people go with the cheap option. Yeah, you know, it's about I don't know maybe half. 60% of mm-hmm. cost, I can't remember exactly, to do carpet um, versus the the glue-down vinyl or ceramic. I, there's some houses I've done all ceramic. Bedrooms, hallways, everything. Everything, the whole house. People are like, well, that seems like cold, you know, like cold. And I'm yeah. like, hey, but it doesn't break. Put a rug down. Put on a surface. I mean, it rents, you know, because it looks good. You know, they don't think about cold feet and other stuff they put little rugs down that kind of stuff so i'm waiting on the day that somebody comes in and does ceramic tile floors satin paint on the walls concrete uh, countertops yeah you know just like, make it bulletproof i mean like a tank yeah <laughs> put a drain in the center i thought that's what i always want to see somebody put like drains in the center of each room so you just hose down the walls and it just drains to the center of the room and then the prison cell <laughs> you just Hose it's it down and move cell, on. But gosh, it. dog, you don't have to replace that carpet. That's sorry. right. <laughs> but you know, just you know, there's a fine line. You don't do you want to do Taj Mahal. Like there's a lot of people that get in our industry that there's a balance. You know, they come in, sure they've is. been in construction, they do our estimating, and you have to teach them. Man, we're not going to make this thing button up to the nines. Mm-hmm. You know, this it is a rental. To be livable and safe. Livable and safe. It feel good. Smell good. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and but you know. Figure out where you're going to spend your money. Depending, like landscaping, you don't want to worry about landscaping in Berclair and you know Whitehaven stuff like that. But you it's might want to in Cordova yeah. or East Memphis. Sure. You know, I spent thousands early on on landscape packages, and come to you know a month later, and they're all burned up and gone. Destroyed kids or killing. Yeah. It. So yeah. I mean, it just wasn't worth the money. So That's right. might as well just leave it as plain as you can. Yeah. You know, just just little stuff like that that kind of tricks of the trade. So. Uh, top mistakes by do-it-yourself landlords. Number five, going with the cheapest contractor. Now, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's never, the, in my opinion, it's never the best idea to get three or four bids and take the cheapest guy. No. Somewhere in the middle is probably where you should you should go. The most expensive guy, you know, for obvious reasons, you don't you might not want to go with them. But somewhere in the middle, you, you're probably getting a fair price and a good job that's being completed. Um uh, so going with the cheapest contractor is not necessarily uh, the right way to go. Number six, not obtaining references. W- what do you What do you require? Uh, you know, f- from someone who hires vendors all the time. Mm-hmm. What do you require? And, and for the listeners out there, this might be some things that you want to jot down. As if you're getting ready to hire some people yourself, or, or if you're an investor that's experienced and you're. Uh, you know, uh, filtering out your crews and going through that. What are some of the things that you look for, Dan, when you're talking about obtaining references? You know, if, if somebody's coming to meet with me about doing ceramic tile, for example, if they if they love what they do and they're good at what they do, they're gonna pictures pictures on their phone. Yeah, they will. You Don't know, they? Look at my look, look at what I just look did. what I just did. Mm-hmm. Now, could they be making it up? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but I'd ask them who else they work for. You know, depending on who they say they work for, there's some people we know that, you know, are going to take the cheapest route and just yep. do the cheapest job. So no matter what, you're going to have to dig in and figure that out a little bit. But if they they do some people that we know, we're going to you know probably reach out to them and say, hey, would you recommend this guy? And so it's it's definitely because you know as tight as the market is, subs and contractors are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. 
and you get what you pay for. Remember that contractor triangle we did? You yep. know, speed, quality, um, and cost. Right? You can't. You can have two out of the three. But you can only have three. Yeah. You and I will go back. Douglas to wants all three, but Dean wants all three. Dean wants all three. <laughs> we all want all three. But what's most realistic? You yeah. know, for, for a rental. So right. Not marketing the property. Mm-hmm. Um, how often do you see that? You know, especially for the do-it-yourself landlord, I see that a ton. You know, the the red and white Lowe's for rent sign, that's typically what you see. Mm -hmm. Or a little white, you know, sign that they've handwritten for rent with the phone number. And that's all they do. And which is great. I mean, when when you ask, when you know, out-of-state investors ask the main marketing, it is your front yard sign. But man, with the digital age and everything else and people searching from their office and their desk and their phone... You know, you're missing out on a ton of, so I like to look at it as casting a net, Yeah, casting that net, you know, if you want, you know, a potential of a hundred applicants or you want a potential of five, yep. you know, and then you pick the best of the best, mm-hmm. you, you're changing, does that make sense? It's just odds and statistics. Oh, your chances you know. are much better to get a, a quality tenant, yeah. you know, if you market to different places. Is there some place um, specific that you either don't go or do go? No, I mean, Zillow, Trulia, mm-hmm. Craigslist is big. You know, just be careful with Craigslist. You know, there's a lot of scammers, you know. Yeah, send me the send me your deposit. Yeah, I ran into that too for a bike this weekend, trying to buy a bike, and this guy sent me, hey, send me money, Western Union. Yeah, sure. I'm out in Colorado. I'll, you know, I was like, man, this still exists. But, yeah, so watch out for scammers. We've had people that latch onto our ads, and then, like, instead of the rent being 800 they put it at 500 you know, and, and mm-hmm. which – for our listeners out there that, that rent houses, I mean, just know that if something sounds too good to be true, that's probably too good to be true, you know? So, well, and I would just, never send any money to anybody just blatantly, blatantly that yeah. you not know, do some research. That's on. right. Uh, number eight, not pricing the property uh, appropriately. Yeah. I get a lot of this now. I have a lot of investors. I'll tell them what the rent potentially is 700. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, Dean, I think I can probably get 800. Chances are good here. You can't. If, yeah. if the rent is the rent here, and there's there's so many there's so many different um, rent ranges yeah. available. If you know an 800 rental is an 800 rental, and a 900 rental is a 900 rental, and they're often in two different areas. Yeah. Um, so well, I think you can go you can go both ways. You can go too high or you can go too low. And what I, I would say on the to your point, out of state investors are pushing you to go too high because they're trying to get that return on their cash. Do it yourself tends to be low mm-hmm. because oh, Miss Betty's been there for ten years, and <laughs> I know rents in the area are probably seven fifty, but I'm you know six hundred. She still stays and pays every month, and and I get that. You just need to go incrementally, have a system in place twenty five bucks a year, twenty bucks a year, something to get you back to market rate. Because think about that you're 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 destroying years worth of revenue. Years, years by doing keeping yourself and your value to sell because I'm telling you, if an investors, if you ever want to sell it, investors come in here to look, they want to see the last year or so, uh, you know, um, rent log or yeah. ledger that you keep up with. Well, think about so for an example, if they were at six hundred and now market at seven fifty, just call it a hundred dollar difference to one hundred fifty, just for yeah simple math. Over ten years, that tenant stayed. They're loving it because it's the cheapest thing in the net. They know they can't get any cheaper. But now $100 times 12, 1200 bucks times 10, $12,000 pays for water heater, HVAC, and the roof. 
Does that make sense? In or 10 pays years. the home off that much faster. That's true. Something. It's options. Yeah, right. no, you're definitely, it, people might say, oh, it's just 100 bucks. But if that tenant decides That's, to stay, that will add up quick. And what you find is they do stay because they yeah. just know. It's cheap. It's cheap. You know, they'll deal with little issues because mm-hmm. it's so cheap compared to everybody else that's, you know. And don't think you need an edge by being cheaper. If you keep the home in good shape and you and it's livable and you you know fix what you need to fix and you're paying attention to the tenant and their mm-hmm. needs, if they're reasonable, that tenant's going to stay. So I, uh, night pri- not not pricing the property appropriately is huge, whether yep. it's low or high. Yeah. Um, number ten, allowing the tenant to move in without a deposit. <laughs> huh. uh, Done oh, no, that. Wait, I skipped one. Let's, right. We'll go back. Yeah, allowing because uh, I want to talk about yeah. that one. Absolutely. Allowing a tenant to move in without a deposit. Surely we don't do that, do we, Dan? We don't. <laughs> I've done it a have bunch you, of times. Have you? And guess what? It ends poorly. It ends poorly. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I totally remember a house on Given. I mean, this is why how it's just, I mean, this is like over 10 years ago. Guy said, oh, man, I'll fix this. I'll fix this. He gave me $600, move in. I'm like, man, I saved myself 1500 bucks. Well, oh, I got one over in him, kind of that feeling, you know, like, oh, this is a it's great a, deal. It's a great de- good deal for him. It's a great deal for me because yeah. I don't have to spend the money 1500 bucks. Yeah. Well, that's the last 600 bucks ever. That's the last money I ever saw from him. <laughs> <laughs> so three months later, I'm evicting him. Guess What's what? he saying? And do you think that all that work was done? Oh, heavens no. No. It was all left the same way that when I first rented it to him. So then I had lost 1800 bucks mm, and had to sick. spend the 1500 bucks. And go another two months of vacancy because you're getting it ready and putting it back in market and find the right tenant. Three thousand dollar loss. Oh, at least. Mm. So don't ever do that. That's that's a that's a big no no. Always. If somebody the can't pay you the deposit, they don't they don't need to be your tenant. They don't need to be your tenant. Mm-hmm. You know that's 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 and people do it yourself. I, and I got caught up in that. You know, like you want that cat. You see that six hundred bucks and not spending fifteen hundred. Well, and when and, you get a property occupied, it's almost out of sight, out of mind now. You're thinking, oh, yeah. okay, I can stop All worrying right. about now this one. Worry about the next one. Worry about the yep. next one. Yep. Um, I skipped one here, but not yeah. screening applicants. Huge. I mean, the biggest thing I think we'll talk about today yeah. is the screening of applicants when it comes to do-it-yourself landlords. Talk about a little bit. I can't talk about what do-it-yourself landlords do. Talk a little bit about what we do as a property management company to screen tenants. I can tell you about what I, we do now versus what I used to do. Let's do that because <laughs> I imagine there's some people out there that are doing what you used to do right so, now. So, you know, we charge a pretty hefty, you know, of application fee. I don't know, 30, 40 bucks, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And majority of that goes for a national search for crime, job history, rental history, um, uh, we get their pay stubs. We actually get their utility bill. We want to make sure that they don't have a thousand dollar utility bill. Because guess what? If they move into your house, they they're not going to be able to get power, power transfer. MLGW is mm-hmm. not going to allow it. So then you got a house that you've turned power off on, assuming that they could, they could, and they didn't. Now you got a house deteriorating. You know, because they're going to do all kinds of corners, pull power illegally, which then's a fire hazard or next door. So it just creates a huge issue, but. And then getting references from previous landlords, all that kind of stuff um, is huge. So you start, you're just peeling back that onion, mm-hmm. you know, credit score, you, you look at the credit score. We don't really focus so much on the score itself, but as far as versus what's, what's in there, you know, what, what kind of bills do they owe or any kind of, you know, big debts, you know, 
And, and, and this is not this is not a you know on the on the back end of that we understand as a management company that if you're a tenant you're not going to have an 800 credit score and 20 grand in the bank and right. a job making 100 grand we got I, I get we that. understand we get yeah. that but you, you can't have a 400 credit score a bankruptcy and a felony on you and expect to move in to one of our tenants That's <laughs> you right. like that <laughs> you like the felony one yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you you can't have a felony. You can't, you know, um, I, I wouldn't say felony. You can't have a violent felony and right. and things like that, and, and expect to move in. So there is some leeway, you yeah. know, with that. But what are the major things? I guess you you just named them. Yeah, a gra- or a violent felony, bankruptcy. Well, and that's what I was about to say. Like where I messed up early on was I just to an application on the back of the truck. You know, oh. and they fill it out and I get a pay stub and I'm like, okay, you know, and I believed everything that was on the paper. Yeah. A lot of times I'd have invalid socials. Mm-hmm. It was somebody else's social pay stubs that were messed, you know, made up or they just started working a week ago. Um, I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, just every story that you could think of that we, we end up that I just would take because it was an application that were ready to move in. And I didn't do my due diligence. And you're in your truck, riding yeah, around, riding around with applications and collecting right. rent. First, really, a, seriously, a handwritten or you know, uh, an Excel version of an app. I did hand it to them, do it on the truck, get their money on the truck, you know, and be done. And be done. I, I, I feel like I was successful because I rented a place. Now I'm down to you know eight vacancies instead of nine or whatever. But mm-hmm. that was not the right way to go about it. Because I mean, think about it. If you didn't check their felonies, for example, and there is um, that uh, you know predator or something like that on their file, yeah. and you put them into a house. That's on you, bud. And then they you know do something to a neighbor or something. Guess who they're coming after? Mm-hmm. You're getting yanked into that lawsuit or that issue. You know what yeah. I mean? Like because you, you place that tenant. You place that tenant. So I mean, you got to really watch. You know, don't just dismiss backgrounds and and Mm-mm. previous jobs and all that stuff. So that to me, that's the biggest mistake. You know, and then I hear, you know, people say, well, this company does, can rent my house super quick. And it's usually a smaller company and you start digging in a little bit and there are no files. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's a lease, usually a one or two pager, but the application is terrible. There's no background check. There's no history on that tenant. And they just just put a body in, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've, we've helped clients buy plenty of places, especially like apartments in certain areas that, I call them ghost tenants. You know, they've just basically put a body in there, mm-hmm. you know, and so you, maybe getting ready to sell it. Yep. I'm getting ready to sell it. So they just put bodies and, mm-hmm. you know, I talked to a guy last week, just encouraged them to get the, the ledgers and the applications and really understand what kind of tenants he had. Cause I didn't want to take that over. I look at it from the management side. I take that over and all of a sudden it's your headache. Five tenants out of 20 are gone the first month because they weren't really tenants in the first place. Mm-hmm. So anyway, driving and picking up rent, man, I can't, I can, I'll tell the story here. Don't, don't even tell the story. Oh, I'm I want to <laughs> now. So, um, you and I've been talking for years yeah. about, Hey man, let's try to work together. I mean, going back yeah. all the way to 2002 and three, yep. let's work together. Let's do this. Called Dan on Saturday. Damn, what's going on, man. Uh, just, just woke up. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I've been driving around since seven thirty this morning picking up rent every like, Saturday Dan, and Sunday lunch. after church. I was like, Dan, it's lunchtime. I spent like, six to eight hours. Going. I can't believe I used to do that. 
Uh, I get mad at myself. I think about it. Right now you do? Yeah. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. (laughs) But you do what you got to do when you're first starting out, and you just think that you got to get that money in. Well, you you do. I got mortgages out the wazoo because, you know, the banks are expectations, and I was never going to, you know, allow myself to be late on a payment. And there's a lot of stress you put on yourself. So, you know, and we've lost. I had lunch with a friend of mine yesterday, and his, his buddy was a client of ours for about two months. But he had clients that he picks up rent every week, a hundred bucks here, two hundred dollars there, and I'm like, I don't do it. You got to get out of it. Got to get out of Huge it. He's worried about worrying about losing his tenant. We did. We made the change about five, six years ago, and we lost two tenants out of hundreds. And the one that I remember specifically, that one gives me most nightmares thinking about. It, I was there at her house every week for a hundred bucks, maybe fifty, maybe zero. Sometimes she wouldn't show up. You know, replaced her. Five, six years ago, mm-hmm. and I have the same tenant that I've never met. You know, text me every once in a while, but money's there every month. No worry. No worries. I've never, I haven't driven there since. And you were going by there four days, four, four times, times four month. to five times. Sometimes I'd come during the week if she had more money. You know, so think about all the hours to get to Frazier from my that. house. Oh my gosh. You know, so it's just, that's why it gives me nightmares thinking about it. So if I can just encourage anybody out there, do not pick up that rent. Find another way to Find do it. Find another way. Get get uh, PayPal. Get, you know, some sort of service. You know, Pay Near Me is another service out there that you can use as just a do-it-yourself landlord where they can go to, like, uh, you know, Walgreens or something like that and pay. And pay you. And it goes right into your account. So just there's do no something creative. There's no these days for people not to be able to pay. No. They're, either, um, they're, either, they're, either, they're responsible or they're not responsible. They're not, yeah, there's no, there's no like gray area. Like Kind of responsible. I couldn't get up there. Yeah, that's right. No, no so, there's plenty of ways. Um, right. Accepting partial payments. That's a tough one. Yeah, because it's like you're almost accepting l- mediocrity or less than, yeah. what, less than what you should. Um. You know, this is a balance. You got to buy some time too, right? Buy some time. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say if if they don't have over fifty percent by you know the tenth of the month, you know, kind of get your own guidelines. But but keep to your guidelines is probably a better way to say this. Like we probably all take partial payments of some sort, Mm -hmm. you know. But but you can't wait till the twentieth on eight hundred dollar rental. Here's three hundred and here's hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. Don't do that. You know, just keep on. Maybe take the money with you know. And pay, make sure you say accepted with reservations. Get with your attorney. Make sure your language with with your receipts say you got to say some certain language when you're you know accepting rent. Um, the term "give an inch, take a mile" um, is extremely applicable here with tenants. If well, you give a tenant an inch, yeah. they're going to take the mile. It's the same thing with contractors and vendors, and it's same thing with um, uh, tenants. Yeah, they they do the behavior that you allow. So if your standard is here, <laughs> like they're going to come here. If you keep your standard down here, that's what they're going to do. They're going to do the minimal, right? Yeah. What'd you say? Like, like babies. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you give a baby an inch, they're taking a mile. Yeah. So that's that's probably the biggest biggest takeaway I would tell for the audience is just all in all of this, you you create your own standards. Yeah. And then your whatever standards you want. If you want to be slumlord and yeah. you know fly by the see the pants, we see it. Your, your your vendors and your tenants are going to be right there with you. If you want to be world class and have high standards and run a tight ship, gonna your vendors right are going to you know and your tenants are going to step up to the plate. So which one do you want to do? Hey, this next one is got uh, like because I know you well enough to know. <laughs> 
this one right here, I'm sure you fell victim to, but being oh, friends man. with the tenant. How many, how many of these tenants, when you ended up driving around, picking up rent, did you become friendly with? Oh, a ton of them. Ton of them. Yeah. I mean, I still, they still, some of them still have my number to this day. And, oh, man. You know, and I, I enjoy, I mean, that's the part, that's the downside of making it into a business business is that separation. Because I do enjoy the, uh, the giving back, the yeah. pouring in, yeah. the serving others, that aspect. Mm-hmm. But you do have to have a separation, degree of separation. You know, you can serve people. From a distance. From a distance from or, or and or if through your employees or whoever you're using or to the side, you know, just just serve other people within the community and not your tenants. Because that, no matter what, they will take advantage of the relationship. That's right. That's Texting, just human nature. You you like, yeah, they think that because you are friendly, it's okay to text a yep. tenant at night about something that's not important. And you're going to, you know, I mean, the, the prime example I have for you is when I turn collections over our team, I used to at Christmas time. I'd be almost a, a month's worth of rent behind collectively for the year. It kind of snowballed up to about, you know, a, a year, a month's worth of rent. Mm-hmm. All right. For all my units. And the, the year that I gave it over to collections, they had it down to, you know, a couple thousand bucks. Yeah. See, there's you know, the, there's the out, versus tens of thousands. That's the meat that and you ought to hear if you're an investor. That was there. the objective. The team was just after getting the rent, treating with humility and respect. But they were getting that rent and bringing it in and, and treating them right. And then I wasn't involved in the emotional, oh, gosh, I'm sorry about Johnny, you know. Unfortunately. With your, you know, getting get clothes for school or whatever. And I, I understand all that and I, I appreciate it. But you got to get that separation because you will fall trapped to. Yeah, the story. The story. Yeah, it's hard not to. So, Well, if you got a heart at all, it's hard not to fall, you know, to the story. Now, the next one I think is right up my alley. <laughs> Not eviction, not evicting fast enough. I, I will tell you this, and I don't come from a heartless mentality. I really don't. You don't? I don't. Okay. I know you think so, but I do not. I I don't listen to the story, though. And, but I don't hear it. You know, Collections hears it with Crestcore. So I don't, I'm actually mm-hmm. going through one right now. Not yep. through an eviction, but I'm going through a situation Delayed. where we're, we're behind on rent a little bit, yeah. and I'm. You're pausing. Do you want to throw them out? Do you want to? T- I mean, we've gotten the writ and everything, mm. so it's they came in Friday and paid six, seven, you know, paid the rent. All of it? No, they're still behind. So it's like, what do you do? We're, I guess we're having an open discussion here right now on the air, but <laughs> so what? Yeah. You, so what do you do? I mean, it's like, you know, they they came in. I've got the writ already. I mean, like we were going to set out this week, earlier this week, and they came in Friday and paid six seventy five. They're still behind a How month's much? rent. September only. Six seventy five plus the two, the it's almost a grand. Attorney fees, and then yeah. they owe September. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would just say they I mean, got to right pay there. pay by the third week of September. But I'd go and evict them. Yeah, I'm right there because I, I, it's like they've been behind the entire time. So, you know. So see, I do have a heart. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. I'm out. surprised. I'm a little disappointed. But I didn't just cold just turkey cold them right cut, out. Yeah, cut it down. No, and no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I'm, no, I'm no, 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 no. Speechless. There's a mortgage on the place, so I got to have them pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> the stress of the that's, mortgage. That's right. So we, I'm going to keep them in there, but I'll give it another week or two, you know, ten yep. days. But not pulling the trigger fast enough. Don't listen to the stories, folks, because there let's, is no story. Let's see, we run out of time. Go to 19. Not to, not I'm, fixing emergency requests. I'm dealing with this right now. Yeah. An owner wanted to do his own repair, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. hadn't done it yet. 
And so guess what? That tenant found yeah. our turnit num- number. Next thing's going to do is going to be code, BBB, the news, Fox News, you know, all that good stuff. So because the owner chose to do it and he hadn't done it yet. Hadn't done it yet. So anything that do- does with quality life, air, you know, sewage, um, water leaks, those kind of things. I think you, you know, any kind of plumbing, HVAC, mm-hmm. roof leaks, man, jump on those. You know, I, I understand carpentry, door doesn't close properly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're uh, okay with that. The tile's cracked. You know, we can put that to the back burner and get that sometime down the road. But no heat, no air, no electricity. Can't you know, go to the bathroom. This one says you hadn't had hot water in several days. We thought the owner, he committed to fixing it. Hadn't. Hadn't. So, you know, and then as a do-it-yourself landlord, get it done. You're going you're to pay more not getting it done, then you say, oh, man, that's going to cost me $500 or $1,000. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you a lot more than that with mental anguish and what that tenant's about to put you through for not fixing From a legal issue. perspective. From, from legal, you know, getting code, getting it BBB. You're going to be down court, code court. That's a lot of fun. It's I've been there in Security years, issues, something like that, too, like a, uh, like a broken fence or damaged windows or something like that. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm more concerned about just livable sure you know like being able to use a toilet and i mean if take it's a, a shower window, like there's a hole a hole yeah, i mean right, yeah, yeah. That. if we got a that's crack right. you know maybe let that that's go right. but a hole in there with a you know this 100 degree heat coming in <laughs> that's right. this is also a big one uh treating t- tenants differently oh, gosh yeah i mean you know fair housing act i mean we've got to follow all that were licensed yep. real estate agents i mean you know there's yep. all kinds of if you if you treat one if you have a policy that you this is what you do you got to do it for all of them. Yep. You know, like we used to negotiate late fees. Mm-hmm. Didn't think anything of it. But if you talk to your attorneys, negotiating late fees is is treating one tenant as preferential treatment. Well, how do you decide which tenant gets the the knock off the late fees or a partial payment or whatever versus another? You can't. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. You got to have a system. And you got to stick to that system and treat every tenant the same way. Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to get you huge, huge trouble. Landlord Tenant Act, Fair Housing Law, all kinds. That's of that's a big one because uh, and people don't think about that. Oh well, I just made a deal. And, you know, when you're doing it yourself, landlord, you got a few houses. You probably fly on the radar, but all it takes is that one bad bar- tenant mm-hmm. that just is is playing the system mm-hmm. and knows how to work you. <laughs> And you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So, um, not performing move in and move out inspections to me that this is a cardinal rule. You got to know what condition the home is in when you're moving in, yeah. and what condition it is when they're moving out. Absolutely. You know, how do you hold the deposit? Which plays into the escrow account. You know, mm-hmm. and I was guilty of this early on. Like, you got to keep that in. If you got deposits, you got to keep that in a separate account, non-interest bearing, mm-hmm. designated for deposits. Whether you do it yourself or you know a true property manager, you know with the company and all that stuff, it's got to be you know separated and mm-hmm. you know because that's not your money. No, you're holding the it. owner. You know sometimes thinks their money is their money. No, you know that's the tenant's so money that you're. It's the on tenant's to. money that they've actually paid that they're due back unless they do damages, which makes the move out inspection that much more important. So let's summarize this thing. Yeah, man. Talking about do it yourself landlords, the top mistakes that they've made today. We've gone through some. Some really, uh, some really key ones: not using your vendors, uh, and not doing a good rent ready. I mean, I'm just bouncing around, yeah. but driving and picking up rent. Some of these things you just can't handle. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing yourself. But uh, document everything is one of the things that you noted. Keep keep a good record, it, whether it's for yourself, 
uh, for your accountant or when you go to sell it, everybody's going to want to see a good record, mm-hmm. um, a, a good log of what's going on with the home. Decide how you want to live your life. I, you know, this is you can speak to this, but driving around picking up rent for years like you did is not a way you wanted to live your life. No, man, it was it was yeah. Yes, that's I right. T- tenants will do the behavior that you allow. It's almost like a, you know, I hate to compare them to a baby, but if you allow you allow a young boy to, or a young girl to to misbehave and do, they're going to keep doing it. It's the very same thing with the tenant. If you allow things like that, they're going to continue. Uh, time is money, and liability is a big deal. So don't miss it, or don't dismiss it. I appreciate you coming on today. This is a great topic. I'm really excited to get this information out to our investors out there. If you guys have any questions, uh, shoot me an email, dean at crestcord.com. Appreciate you listening to the Memphis Real Estate Hour. We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 a.m. See you.